0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the pick six podcast, CBS sports daily NFL podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Sunday, December 27th. As we release this, it's our early odds look ahead special. We used to do it only on YouTube. So beloved that we decided to roll it out of podcast form as well. Joining me to break down some week 17 lines, the craziest gambling week of the year. You need to be ahead of things. If you know if teams are going to sit players. If they're going to rest, guys, if you know motivation, you can get ahead of the curve. And that's what we're going to do here. You can
1: certainly window some games. So me to be to bring it all down. John Breach, what's up, Breach? Uh, Brinson, you hit it. This is the most bonkers week of the year. I have been looking at the permutations, the formulas, ignoring my family, trying to figure out what I need to know for week 17. Well, uh, let's dive right in with the maybe the most important game of the week. I,
0: I can't tell, but I'll tell you this. Vegas, The folks at William Hill, who we get the odds from, our partners, our pals there, they think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are resting players because they have installed the Cleveland Browns as a a 7.5-point favorite over Pittsburgh in this game. I just looked a second ago. I believe it is down to 7. But still, Cleveland, who must win to get in, cannot win the division, a 7-point favorite at home against the Steelers. Do you think this means we'll see Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin
1: rest their players? This is one of those games where you kind of have to guess if you think that the Steelers are going to play their starters, then you should be jumping on this number right now. And the thing is, it is hard to say what they're going to do, because I do the, the, the thing that makes me think they could rest their starters is that, look, this team didn't really get a buy this year the week they were supposed to have it. Uh, the, the Titans COVID situation came up and then they were supposed to have that 10 day break after playing on Thursday on Thanksgiving against the Ravens. But then that got pushed back. So they kind of got uh, screwed out of two buys, basically. And so this team hasn't had any time off. They're banged up. I could see Tomlin saying, uh, you know, what? I don't care if we get two, three or four. I don't care if we lose to the Browns. I'm resting everyone. I'm getting healthy for the wild card round. Now, that being said, you don't want the four seed. Because if you lose to the Browns, you end up as the four seed, possibly, because then you're playing the Chiefs in the divisional round. Uh, so blah, 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 blah. I'll cut to the chase here. I do think we will see some starters on the bench. But you know what? This is the Browns. No one knows how to flop and blow things like the Browns. <laughs> I could see them absolutely losing this game. But if the Steelers have players on the bench, I think the Browns win, but the Steelers cover seven and a half
0: uh Mike Tomlin after the win over the Indianapolis Colts to seal the division couple with the Browns oh, actually didn't even matter if the Browns lost said well po- asked about sitting players said well ponder these those possibilities in the morning tonight we're going to wear our hats and t-shirts reminder in 2017 the Steelers were locked into one of the top 2 seeds uh they then went and rested their players despite being one game back of the Patriots to potentially get that number 1 seed because they didn't think the Patriots would lose understandable you want to get the rest you want to get the buy um so that's something he's done before we've seen you know we've seen a precedent set here by Mike Tomlin it's entirely possible that he rests guys again in 2020 and I agree with you breach it does seem likely that they would say look we're not going to get a buy in the two seed or the three seed as long as we do the math and we can avoid Kansas City in the second round of the playoffs by not getting the four seed and then it's not even guaranteed you to avoid them anyway that's just how it works out but you, you don't want to be the four seed I agree with you. I think they'll probably rest some guys and say we need to get Big Ben. Like we don't want Big Ben throwing the ball fifty times. Maybe they play a quarter. Maybe, you know, maybe well, I don't know. We'll see. Wouldn't be surprising at all if they arrested guys. And that's why Cleveland is such a hefty number. If you for some reason think the Steelers are playing everybody the whole game because they want to get that second that second home playoff game, by all means, hammer the Steelers plus seven because that's pretty good value. Um I, I'm not laying seven with Cleveland even against Mason Rudolph. They just lost to Sam Darnold. Like they can screw this up. As you point out, it's not a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. So I would lean Steelers there with the points. Thinking you probably get a better number later in the week. Ravens minus 11 and a half at the Bengals. The Ravens are in a must win situation. Is it, is it Brandon Allen? Is it Ryan Finley? Are these the guys who can save the Colts? Could Ryan Finley rise up and save? No, probably not. Um, but the, Bengals winners of two straight breach huge dogs at home. Uh, They've played spoiler in this role before. Are you surprised?
1: Yeah, they have uh, made the spoiler role famous, especially against the Ravens in Week 17. We saw Andy Dalton do it when he sent the Bills to the playoffs a few years ago. Uh, Everyone in Buffalo remembers that. And you know what here? Uh, This is a lot of points. The Bengals have won two games in a row. Uh, They beat the Steelers. They beat the Texans as a seven-point underdog. And, Brinson, you want a crazy stat? The Cincinnati Bengals are 16-4-1 against the spread over the past 10 years in games played in Week 16 and Week 17. Final two weeks of the season, they are covering machines doesn't matter if it's Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley to each one a game in the past two weeks. I do not think the Bengals are going to win this game, but it's a division rivalry. They play the Ravens tough, could get a little bonkers. I think the Bengals cover here.
0: Yeah, it's possible the Bengals played the role of spoiler. I I don't know, though, man. The Bengals' defense. Look, they did a great job going up against Houston, but they still hemorrhaged a ton of yards and points to Deshaun Watson, to David Johnson, to Brandon Cooks. They were not able to slow down the Texans at all. And Baltimore is just as good offensively right now as Houston is. In fact, even maybe more dangerous because of just how aggressively they're running the football. Uh, this feels like a spot for Lamar Jackson to go off in Week 17 to remind people how scary the Ravens are. and the Ravens are substantially better, substantially better than the Texans are on defense. So I will probably take the Ravens here. They've been clobbering bad teams. I know the Bengals play spoiler, but I think the Ravens are just a a mismatch for a a Cincinnati team that needs to be playing somebody who's bad on defense or uh, the Steelers in apparently Monday night football. Um, But understandable that you would take the Bengals there, and I'm not surprised by Jaguars at the Colts. The Colts, oh, my Colts. Oh, they—they are in trouble. They have to win this game against the Jaguars and need one of Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, or depending on what happens on Sunday Night Football, Tennessee to lose in order to get into the playoffs. It is a tough spot for uh, for Indianapolis. They can't come out flat. Although I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of a hangover after they gagged away a huge lead to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. Uh, do you like the Colts as 14-point favorites over the
1: Jaguars? Uh, you know what, Brenton? The Jacksonville Jaguars are 1-0 and against the Colts this season and 0-14 against everyone else. This is actually a fascinating game. I think this number is way too huge. You look at what Jacksonville's done against Indianapolis, 7-3 and straight up the past 10 times these teams have met, 8-1-1 against the spread. And obviously, like I just mentioned, they beat them back in week one. And you know what? Jacksonville already has the number one pick locked up, so they don't have to tank anymore. They could actually try to win this game. Doug Marrone could throw the kitchen sink at the Colts, and I think he's going to. Uh, that doesn't mean I think Jacksonville is going to win, but I think they're going to keep this within two touchdowns because uh, Indianapolis didn't look good in the second half against the Steelers. They didn't look good in week one against Jacksonville. I think the Jacks keep this close and cover but lose.
0: I will take the Colts here, and I think – the number is too low. Um, Indianapolis looked awful. Pittsburgh played really well in the second half. They were slinging the ball down the field. They haven't done that in like six weeks. I, I don't know where that came from. Apparently, Big Ben gave some motivational speech at halftime. He was like, nobody's having fun out there, gosh darn it. And everybody started getting downfield. and He started winging the ball around. I honestly don't know where it came from. The Colts were stifling the Steelers the entire first half, and you could just feel that onslaught coming on. I, I do think that when you look at uh, Jacksonville, I mean, Mr. Trubisky and, and, um, and David Montgomery just, just did whatever they wanted against him. And I don't think Philip Rivers is just going to light up the scoreboard here, but I do think they'll feed Jonathan Taylor a ton of balls. He's going to run the ball down the throat of the, uh, of the Jacksonville Jaguars and you see the Indianapolis Colts win this one in pretty handy fashion. 14 is a ton. And I don't know that they'll run the score up per se. Cause that's not really what the Colts do. And it much of their detriment on Sunday uh, but I don't know if I can let I don't know if I can take anything with the Jaguars getting points here they just are a bad football team the worst football team in professional football actually Cowboys at the Giants your Cowboys the breach spot 2000 3,000 still you got a gray shirt on that's the Cowboys um the Cowboys are still alive in the playoffs now they need the Eagles to beat Washington. And they need to beat the Giants in order to get take the division down. But things are kind of shaking favorably their way. Andy Dalton playing really well. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, huge games. All three of them had huge games on Sunday. And now the Cowboys are a pick'em at the Giants. Your thoughts,
1: Breach. Brenton, my thoughts are that I have been riding the Cowboys bandwagon all year. I refuse to get off. I am the president of the Andy Dalton fan club. And as you said, Jerry Jones paid enough money to have he turn into a half-cyborg named as the Breachbot 2000-3000 who always picks the Cowboys. Now, you know what? That didn't work too well to begin the season because they started off 0-8 and against the spread. Last seven games, they're 5-2 and two against the spread. They've won three straight games. This team is hot. As you said, Andy Dalton's gotten comfortable in this offense. Uh, Michael Gallup had a huge game. And you know what? The first game Andy Dalton ever played for the Cowboys. It was against the Giants after Dak Prescott got got injured. He came out, worked some of that patented Andy Dalton magic that I love to see, and led Dallas to a 37-34 win. I think he's going to do it here. I am going to take the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys here as well. Uh, you know, this Giants team is beat up. Daniel Jones came back, uh, played against Baltimore, didn't do a whole lot. Obviously, that's a much tougher defense than what uh, Dallas will offer. But I think that what you've seen from the Cowboys is a willingness to throw the football and to, I can't say, I keep saying this, but feature Andy Dalton. And by doing that, what you're doing is you're go you're like they went away from now they got lucky cuz Fletcher Cox went out in that game against the Eagles and the Eagles defense just crumbled Dallas took off i don't you know if they try to run against the Giants and just feed Zeke Elliott in that game, I think they'll lose. If they're willing to let Andy Dalton throw the ball and be aggressive, throwing the ball early and often and utilizing Gallup and Cooper, avoid James Bradbury, get it to CeeDee Lamb. These are your weapons. Get the ball in their hands. I think they can beat him. I don't think the Giants can keep up, and I think we could see Dallas turn Daniel Jones over once or twice in that spot. I would also take the Cowboys here. Obviously, motivation not a concern. Both teams still in the playoff hunt, uh, depending on how this shakes out. And of course, depending on how Washington does against the Eagles, Washington's still the leader in the division, but they are headed to Philadelphia to face a walking, an eliminated Eagles team. However, Dwayne Haskins benched in the second half of an embarrassing loss to the Panthers on Sunday and then refused to speak with the media members and could not be tracked down by uh, Washington PR to ever talk to media members. So there's a lot going on there. It does seem like he might just be like, nah, I'm out and let Taylor Heineke play in the, in, in, against the, the Eagles on Sunday. But I don't know if
1: that's a bad thing, Breach. Uh, you know, in Haskins defense, I will say, apparently the story there is that the, the Haskins thought he could go home because Heineke was going to be speaking to the media. And so he didn't think he had to. And he was driving home. They couldn't get a hold of him because he's driving the car being smart. Then he did do a Zoom call with the media from his house Ah. in the most 2020 move ever. Uh, but as you said, from the strip club, this, I mean, there's no better place to zoom than from the strip club. Every other place is better. Uh, okay. But Brenton, look, we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be for Washington. Is it going to be Dwayne Haskins? Is it going to be Taylor Heineke? Is it going to be Alex Smith? We have no idea. Uh, but for me, it actually doesn't matter. I'm taking Washington no matter what. And here is why. It's their defense. It's their defensive line. Jalen Hurts going against that line. I think they are going to eat him alive. He struggled against the Cowboys' defense. Cowboys have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. If you cannot score points in the Cowboys, you are not going to score points on Washington. I think it will be low scoring. Uh, but I think Washington ekes it out.
0: Yeah, if Jalen Hurts is forced to drop back and throw thirty or forty times. He's going to be in a lot of trouble. He'll take a lot of sacks. He'll hold the ball all, a little too long, and he's and he has got a, quite a little bit of a bad fumbling habit. So I could see Washington generating some turnovers inside the you know inside the inside the red zone. Um, you know, with the Eagles backed up, I could see them uh, really limiting what Jalen Hurts does. Doug Peterson's done a nice job calling plays. Hurts has looked really good, uh, but I will take Washington here as well. I think they can go out there win on defense. They should get Terry McLaurin back. They sh- and I you know you almost wonder did they. Do they take it easy with Terry McLaurin in this game? Sit him down and say, "Look, we got to have him for Week 17 because it doesn't matter what like you know Week 16 would be great to win. We can eliminate two teams, but we got to have him for Week 17 because that's a must win game." Um, and so I, I tend to think that it's possible they decided to do that, and ultimately uh, they they will get him back and potentially win the division, which would be quite the story. Cardinals at the Rams, loser leaves town match, maybe. Um, not necessarily the, the bears win and if the bears win, then this becomes an elimination game because the bears would be in and the loser of this game would be out. Huge game. The Rams, according to William Hill, are favored minus five. I would guess that that line shifts pretty dramatically breach and maybe off the table because according to reports from uh, NFL media, Jared Goff has a broken thumb and is unlikely to play. Uh What number do you think this reopens at if you had to take a gander? Yeah, it's off uh, the board
1: now. Well, it's a funny thing because taking Jared Goff, you, I don't think it's going to hurt the Rams as much as – uh <laughs> People might think we've been questioning Goff all season and what how pivotal, how much he means to this Rams offense. I think it will drop to probably two or three. It's a quarterback. You lose a starting quarterback, it's definitely going to drop. I still think the Rams will be favored. I think that number goes down to two or three. You think it goes down more? I think the Cardinals will be slight favorites in this game. I think the only reason to me that the Rams stay favored, it might even drop down to one, is that, it is in Los Angeles, number one, and the fact that Sean McBay has never lost to the Cardinals in his coaching career. He is 7-0 and straight up. He is 6-0-1 against the spread, and that's not because of Jared Goff. That's because he knows how to attack the Cardinals' defense. He knows defensively what ne- you need to do to slow down Kyler Murray. They swept Kyler Murray last year. They beat him once this year, so three of those seven wins are against Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. And so I think Mc McVay is kind of the key here. And obviously, we know nothing about John Wolford, the Rams' backup quarterback. He has never thrown an NFL pass. AF superstar. He might. AF superstar might come in there and be the next Tom Brady. He might. Wally Pitt What if we got? Have we, got no we got no idea. We might have Carson Wentz two on our hands, where all of a sudden his <laughs>
0: contracts and Jared Goff's contracts and Alvin Charles. I, I do. I do agree with you though. Like the matchup for the for the Rams, you can put Jalen Ramsey on. Uh DeAndre Hopkins. And then Aaron Donald is just a thorn in the side of Kyler Murray. If the Rams had done anything offensively against the Seahawks on Sunday, they, they would have won that game. Uh, they, they, their defense did a great job holding up inside of the bargain and the offense just could not get going. I think they'll be able to do a little bit more offensively. I, I hope that it becomes Arizona favorite and we can uh, flip that and take the Rams. So, um, obviously there's a whole lot of moving parts in terms of week 17 lines. Make sure and listen to the podcast every day. It's in your feed. You can check it out. We'll have updates on injuries, uh, what, what the lines are doing. We'll be talking about it throughout the week. For John Breach, I'm Will Brinson. See you guys later. Okay,
2: picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better